Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Hello and welcome to another episode of the History AI Podcast, where we breathe life into the pages of history. I'm your host, Chuck. And I'm Marco, your co-pilot on this historical journey. Today, we're setting our time machine to one of the ancient world's most dramatic and pivotal battles, the Battle of Cannae. That's right, Marco. We'll be unraveling the story of this legendary clash between Rome and Carthage, a battle that reshaped the course of the Second Punic War and left a lasting imprint on military strategy. Get ready to travel back to a time of war elephants, brilliant generals, and a battle that is still studied in military academies around the world. Before we delve into the Battle of Cannae, let's set the stage. The world of the 3rd century BC was a cauldron of power struggles, with Rome and Carthage as two dominant superpowers in the Mediterranean. That's right. The First Punic War, which lasted from 264 to 241 BC, had already seen these two powers clash, primarily over control of Sicily. Rome emerged victorious, but the seeds of resentment were sown in Carthage. Enter Hannibal Barca, a Carthaginian general, who grew up with a burning desire to defeat Rome. His father, Hamilcar Barca, made him swear an oath of hostility towards Rome. Meanwhile, Rome, emboldened by its earlier victory, was expanding its influence across the Italian peninsula and beyond. The Roman Republic was at the height of its power, with a well-trained army and a network of alliances. But Hannibal was a wild card. In 218 BC, he did the unthinkable. He led an army which included war elephants across the Pyrenees and the Alps into the heart of Roman territory. A bold and risky move that caught Rome off guard. His victories at Trebia and Lake Trasimene were significant, but Hannibal knew he needed a decisive victory to truly turn the tide. This ambition set the stage for Cannae. On the other side, Rome, shocked by Hannibal's audacity and successes, was determined to crush this Carthaginian threat once and for all. They poured unprecedented resources into assembling a massive army. Both sides were playing for high stakes. For Rome, it was about defending their homeland and maintaining their burgeoning empire. For Hannibal and Carthage, it was about revenge, survival, and altering the balance of power in the ancient world. With this backdrop, the stage was set for one of the most famous battles in history. The Battle of Cannae wasn't just a clash of armies, it was a clash of two worldviews, two ways of life. To truly appreciate the brilliance of Cannae, we need to understand Hannibal's strategic genius. His plan wasn't just about winning a battle, it was about outsmarting Rome at its own game. Absolutely Chuck. Hannibal knew he was outnumbered and that a head-on clash with the Roman legions was suicide. So, he devised a plan that relied on psychology, terrain, and innovative tactics. His army, though diverse in composition, was battle-hardened and loyal. Hannibal's leadership style fostered intense loyalty, and his troops trusted him implicitly. He chose the battlefield carefully, the plains of Cannae. This location negated some of the Roman advantages in heavy infantry and allowed Hannibal to maximize the effectiveness of his cavalry. And let's talk about that famous double envelopment tactic. Hannibal arranged his troops in a convex formation, with the center pushed forward. This was unconventional and risky. Right. The idea was to lure the Romans into breaking through the center, thinking they were winning. Meanwhile, Hannibal's cavalry would deal with the Roman cavalry and then move to attack the Roman infantry from behind. 
It was a bold plan that required precise timing, absolute discipline from his troops, and a bit of luck. Hannibal was counting on the Roman commanders being predictable and sticking to their traditional tactics of a frontal assault. He also counted on the Romans' overconfidence and their underestimation of his capabilities. Remember, Rome had never faced a general quite like Hannibal. This battle was more than a confrontation, it was a culmination of Hannibal's strategic acumen, deep understanding of his enemy, and his ability to turn his army's diversity into its greatest strength. It's fascinating, Chuck. Hannibal was not just fighting a battle, he was orchestrating a symphony of war, where every move was a note leading to a dramatic crescendo. Now, let's delve into the composition and leadership of the forces that clashed at Cannae. Hannibal's army was a melting pot of different cultures and fighting styles. You're right, Marco. His troops included Carthaginians, Spaniards, Gauls, and Numidians. Each group brought its unique strengths. The Gauls were fierce and intimidating warriors, the Spaniards skilled in guerrilla tactics, and the Numidians were unrivaled cavalrymen. And then there were the war elephants, Hannibal's trump card. Although their effectiveness in battle was mixed, they were a psychological weapon, striking fear into the hearts of Roman soldiers. Hannibal himself was a leader of exceptional charisma and tactical genius. He was not just respected by his troops but adored. His ability to inspire and lead such a diverse army was nothing short of remarkable. On the Roman side, the army was predominantly made up of heavy infantry, the backbone of the Roman military might. They were highly disciplined, well-trained, and equipped with the famous Roman shield and short sword. The Romans were led by two consuls, Lucius Aemilius Paulus and Gaius Terentius Vero. Paulus was known for his caution and experience, while Vero was more aggressive and impulsive. This difference in leadership styles played a crucial role in the battle. Hannibal knew this and exploited it. He anticipated that Varro, who was in command on the day of the battle, would be more likely to make rash decisions. And let's not forget about the Roman cavalry, significantly outnumbered and outclassed by Hannibal's Numidian horsemen. This was a critical factor in the battle's outcome. The Roman legions were a formidable force, but at Cannae, their strengths were turned against them. Hannibal used the Romans' discipline and tendency to stick to formation against them. It's a classic example of how understanding and exploiting the enemy's characteristics is as important as knowing your own strengths. The morning of August 2, 216 BC, dawned with tension that could be cut with a knife. Hannibal's diverse army faced the massive Roman force, ready for a battle that would echo through history. Hannibal's forces, around 50,000 strong, were positioned with the Celtic and Iberian infantry in the center, the Libyans on the flanks, and his prized cavalry on the wings. The center was deliberately weaker, a key part of Hannibal's trap. The Romans, numbering around 86,000, arranged their legions in traditional formation, a strong, heavy infantry center and cavalry on the flanks. Their plan was straightforward, crush Hannibal with sheer numbers and strength. As the battle commenced, Hannibal's center began to slowly retreat, bending but not breaking. This was the bait. The Romans, sensing victory, pushed forward, breaking their formation to envelop Hannibal's center. Meanwhile, Hannibal's cavalry, led by the brilliant Numidian horsemen, quickly overpowered the Roman cavalry. This was crucial. Once the Roman cavalry was scattered, Hannibal's cavalry swung around to attack the Roman infantry from behind. Hannibal's Libyan infantry, previously hidden on the flanks, then moved in. The Romans found themselves surrounded on three sides with their backs to the river Ophidus. Panic set in. 
what followed was a slaughter. The tightly packed Roman formations, usually their strength, became their downfall. They couldn't maneuver or escape. The Carthaginian forces closed in. The Roman losses were staggering. Estimates suggest that up to 70,000 Romans were killed, including Paulus and other high-ranking officers. Only a few thousand managed to escape. It was a masterclass in military strategy by Hannibal. He turned his weaknesses into strengths and used the Romans' predictability against them. But, despite this monumental victory, Hannibal's limitations became apparent. He lacked the siege equipment to attack Rome directly and the local support to maintain a prolonged campaign in Italy. Cannae became a symbol of both tactical brilliance and strategic limitations. It's a battle studied for its genius, but also as a cautionary tale. In the midst of the carnage at Cannae, there were countless acts of bravery and sacrifice. Let's highlight some of the heroes and their stories from that fateful day. First, there's the story of Tiberius Sempronius Gracchus. A Roman cavalry commander, Gracchus fought valiantly to rally his men against the superior Numidian horsemen. Despite being outnumbered, he managed to lead a successful retreat, saving many lives. On the Carthaginian side, Mahabal, Hannibal's cavalry commander, was a hero of the day. His swift and decisive actions in routing the Roman cavalry were crucial. His leadership was a key factor in the envelopment of the Roman infantry. Then there's Gaius Terentius Vero, one of the Roman consuls. Despite the disaster, his escape from the battlefield and subsequent rallying of Roman survivors showed remarkable resilience. He later faced criticism in Rome but was also acknowledged for not losing hope in the face of overwhelming defeat. Among the ranks, stories emerged of extraordinary courage. Like the Roman centurion who, seeing his men wavering, charged alone into a group of Carthaginians, inspiring his men to follow and fight to their last breath. Or the story of a young Iberian soldier in Hannibal's army, who despite being gravely wounded, managed to save the standard of his unit, ensuring it didn't fall into Roman hands. These stories illustrate the human aspect of war. Behind the tactics and numbers, there were individuals with their own fears, hopes, and incredible courage. Absolutely, Marco. It's important to remember that each soldier in that vast sea of men was an individual with a story. Their bravery and sacrifice are integral parts of the larger narrative of Cannae. The aftermath of Cannae had profound implications, not just for the Second Punic War, but for the broader canvas of ancient warfare. Let's dissect how this battle impacted the war's trajectory. First and foremost, Cannae shattered the myth of Roman invincibility. The psychological impact on Rome was immense. It caused panic and fear, but interestingly, it also sparked a fierce determination to never let such a defeat happen again. Despite the victory, Hannibal faced his own challenges. His inability to directly attack Rome, due to a lack of resources and reinforcements from Carthage, limited the strategic gains from Cannae. Rome, on the other hand, refused to concede defeat. They adopted the Fabian strategy, named after Quintus Fabius Maximus, avoiding large-scale confrontations and instead focusing on a war of attrition. This shift in strategy was significant. Rome began to focus on cutting off Hannibal's supply lines and recapturing key cities. It was a slow but steady approach to weaken Hannibal's position in Italy. Cannae also had diplomatic repercussions. Some of Rome's allies, especially in southern Italy, switched sides after the battle. However, Rome's core allies remained loyal, which was crucial for Rome's resilience. In the broader scope, Cannae influenced military thinking for centuries. 
the tactics used by Hannibal were studied and emulated by future military leaders. The battle became a case study in strategic envelopment, surprise, and the use of terrain. But perhaps the most lasting impact was on Rome itself. The defeat led to military reforms, including changes in the Roman legion's structure and recruitment. Rome emerged from this tragedy a more robust and adaptable military force. So, in a twist of fate, Hannibal's greatest victory sowed the seeds for Carthage's eventual downfall and Rome's rise as a dominant military power in the ancient world. From the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Time has never been more fragile. On Amazon now. Thanks for joining us on this journey through one of history's most incredible battles. Don't forget to rate, follow, and share our podcast. Your support means a lot to us. And if you have any topics you'd like us to explore, reach out on social media. Until next time. This is Chuck. And Marco, signing off from the History AI podcast. Stay curious. Stay curious.